It's summer, glorious, delicious, spicy summer. And just like your favorite summer hits, I'm bringing back some of my favorite episodes this summer from season one and season two. This month, I'm excited to share episodes that celebrate the delicious topic of freedom. So grab a cool drink, find a sunny spot, and of course, invite your friends to join in. It's time to soak up all of the replay rays on Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast. Well, hello to everyone listening. Today's show is such a fun topic. The honeymoon stage. I know prior to my divorce, I attached this magical romantic time just to romantic relationships. But I was pleasantly surprised to learn that this stage of passion and excitement also happens after relationships. There is a honeymoon stage after a divorce, and it is such a a wonderful, I'd call it life-giving, delicious, playful time. And uh, speaking of playful and delicious, my (laughs) guest today is uh, uh, the witty and whimsical Miss Shannon Paul. Hey, I like you called delicious. Delicious. Yep. A little bit of delicious. Delicious is a good moniker. I could do that. Delicious. She is delicious. Mm -hmm. And I have been looking forward to chatting with you today and swapping our honeymoon stage stories. It's going to be such a treat. Thank you so much for being part of this. I'm giddy. Feeling giddy. How are you Mm -hmm. feeling? I'm feeling giddy. It's been a good day over here. It's been a good day. I'm feeling accomplished. Accomplished. I've been working on projects in my home. So wonderful. We can get to some of those. Yeah. Well, speaking of accomplishments, Miss Shannon Paul is a comedian, speaker, radio and television host, an actress, and a social instigator. Dish about that for a little bit. What is it? What does it mean to be a social instigator? I love that. I'm a social instigator. I found that a lot of times I'm the person that's in the room that's trying to get everyone to interact and to feel that it's okay to be outspoken and to be bold and to figure out a way to be that catalyst is something I've always appreciated uh, doing. So social instigating is what I decided the way to call it that. I love that. That's a new phrase I've just learned. Thank you so much. And Shannon, Miss Shannon was named Best Stand-Up Comedian by City Pages Magazine in their 2020 Best of the Twin Cities. I was very excited about That is fantastic. Congratulations. Campus Activities Magazine included her as one of eight top speakers in 2015. And Miss Shannon (laughs) is a regular guest on TV talk shows speaking on diversity and pop culture. I, again, I'm just so giddy to to connect with you. Now, we had an interesting meeting, you and I. We, We met years ago at a unicorn party for adults. Which is interesting. Because we were at this party, but we were both there in our quote unquote professional roles. We were. Um, we cer- yeah. we certainly were. It was a unique professional opportunity. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Oh, definitely. It, it's definitely on the top of the list of what's the weirdest gig you've ever had. <laughs> I know. And I feel bad calling it that because it's a friend of mine that threw the party. Oh, it was like, amazing. Amazing. It was extraordinary. It was magical. Just, I would say magical even at moments for me, observing yeah. as a photographer, taking pictures. She is fantastic. And her friends are cuckoo. That's what it is. <laughs> right? I know. But that's what you want on your birthday. Right, she right. She wanted a musical, super fun birthday party. And so telling all of her friends to show up in unicorn related outfits. Right. And they did that in full force. I, they did all of that. All, oh, all I, of that. I, I think it's interesting because from my perspective, since I only knew a couple of people at the party other than my friend uh, who threw the party. Right. 
it's extra weird anytime you're walking into unknown territory as a performer. And that's usually why I don't take gigs like that. Like I would not have taken that gig if I was not friends with the person throwing the party. And I didn't want I, that was my present to her for her birthday. Well, it was so fantastic. I remember listening to you and and watching the reactions and and it was so fun to capture. And I also remember a moment where you and I kind of looked at each other like, is this for real? Are we really getting paid or to be here right now? This is fantastic. Yeah. The unicorn party. At the W. I know. I know. And it was a blizzard. Remember it was a blizzard? Exactly. Exactly. So we drove in terrible weather to get there. And then, you know, now I'm like, do I... do I have to just stay? And you talked at that time about being divorced and you had some of that in, in your bit. And I, I thought that was fantastic. So I knew when I did this episode on on the honeymoon stage after a divorce, I knew that I wanted you to, to be a guest. And I'm so happy it worked out. And now from unicorn parties to honeymooning together. This is fantastic. Right. Nice. Right. Well, I like the word honeymooning. You know, I like the word, you know, honeymooning. I like other words like sunsetting things. I think that it's a <laughs> right. a positive way of talking about something that's a transition and transitions are difficult. Um, and, you know, as you're going through them, a lot of times you're not enjoying them, obviously, but it's once you get through it um, that you go, okay, I can look back. And it's funny that you bring up that party and that by then I was talking about uh, my divorce and uh, my previous relationship and my act when for a while I wasn't. Um, because Remind me, you said that your honeymoon phase started when? Like so when? my honeymoon phase really started about a month after my divorce. How long was the process like leading up to when you got divorced? Like, did you have a long separation period or, or, or how long was that? So my separation was about six months. So from the time things started, it took about six months to get divorced. So it happened quite quickly. I, I was fortunate okay. that way. And did you, when you were... Like at the tail end of the relationship, like, did you see it coming? Did it happen kind of suddenly? Like, where were you at? I I was ready for it. I was mentally okay. ready for it, which is why I believe okay. my honeymoon stage came so quickly. Everyone's God, different. Everyone's different. So talk about when wait, you're... Wait, wait, how long oh, were you yeah. married? I was married 10 years. Okay, fair enough. All right. Yeah. So can you talk about when your honeymoon stage developed for you and, and described what that was like for you? Well, you know, I think, you know, I was only married for five years okay. and there were some challenges for sure the last year of the relationship that were kind of ramping up. Um, so for me, by the time you saw me talking about it in my act, I was about two and a half, almost three years out, you know, because it, it wasn't just what am I like now? It's what am I like, period. And figuring out what the definition of Shannon was. Again. Sure. So it, it is a discovery. Me. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about the honeymoon stage, because it sounds like you've had one since your divorce. It just didn't happen immediately after your divorce. Is that what I'm oh, hearing? Oh, now I'm living my best life. Now I'm totally fine. Well, let's talk like, about that. So, the honeymoon I'm of so now. Well, I'm, I'm, fine. I'm so fine with it now that I'm, I'm, I, be, I have, I have, in, I have intentionally made myself difficult to date. And so <laughs> because I enjoy doing me, like hanging out and Absolutely. being myself and being out. And I spent a lot of time figuring out who Shannon is. And so now I'm unapologetically me. 
And so when somebody else comes in and they expect me to like compromise, which is a good part about being functionally relationship is being able to do those kind of things. I'm a lot more, you know, I'm a lot more uh, uh, jealous with my time and choosy with my time. You can never get it back. That's one thing with time. You can never get it back. Yeah. So, I mean, now, you know, I'm enjoying the fact that I can run around and do what I want and I don't have to ask somebody else, hey, are you okay if I do this or can I go here or or is it going to hurt your feelings if X? Right. And all that stuff is all great. And I think it makes you, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that those things are bad. It's just not where I'm at right now. I like being able to run around with my friends when I feel like it or sit up in my house and play video games or putz around and go, hey, I got to do this podcast. And, and, and I work a lot. It's just that my job doesn't suck. And I'm glad that I don't have to share that time right now consistently with another person, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm okay admitting that I appreciate my time right now and, and am very, very selective with when and where I allow somebody else to come in and take that time. It's between, you know, my kid and that's it. You know, he's the only one that gets to co-op my time right now. It's, I think it's, you know, that part, like you're saying, where it is different for everybody. It's like, well, what a part about it did you, do you like? And what part about, I think what makes the honeymoon phase is like, what were you missing Mm. that now you feel romanced? I Uh, love that. that. And so now the things that I felt like I was missing, I've become more accomplished at providing for myself. So I feel like I'm in that romance stage with me. That's that moment when you're like, oh, I can't wait to hang out with this person. Yes. <laughs> Something narcissistic. That but quality me, time, right? that right. bonding that time. Like after I'm done talking to you, I'm going to go upstairs. I've been doing some slight remodels here in my house because I closed on a house a few months ago. So now I can actually do stuff to it. And I'm putting an accent uh, stripe on a wall. And I'm very excited that I get to do that and not have somebody go, where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> I decided I'm going to sit in my house and paint my wall tonight. And no one's going to direct you on how to paint the wall. You can paint the wall exactly. any way you want to. Isn't that lovely? And somebody might disagree with me. I did not have to ask. I just picked some paint. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And if I don't like it, that's on me. I'll change it. Absolutely. And I like- you have that freedom. Right. Oh, well, I love it. So you know what I remember about my honeymoon stage? Because mine, mine was different than, than yours in a way. Mm-hmm. But what I remember, it was like, it was like I've been living in a big, dark cave and now I was stepping into the light. Mm-hmm. And I remember my senses, maybe you can resonate with this, but I remember my senses just heightening during that time. Like everything looked better and tasted better and felt better. Mm-hmm. Did, 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 was that like, was that like, or is that like how your life is now where everything's just like the flow, like you're in the flow? I feel like there's less anxiety. Like right now, there's a lot less, is this going to be Okay. You know, am I going to hurt? You know, like it's it, there. Like it's just so much less stressful. Yes, for me right now. Like yes. I feel like I was in a position of stress, and I think that that happens a lot as you're going through the divorce. Absolutely, a lot. Of it's exhausting. It's, Absolutely, exactly. Like you're like, is this going to work out? Is this going to cause a fight? Is this going to cause drama down the way? How can you get through that part and get to that point? And and I think that's why I'm appreciating where I'm at right now too, is because there is no drama. You know, I'm very fortunate that I'm to a point that you know. We adults well, we co-parent, you know, appropriately. There's no drama. It's not every time we have an interaction, I'm concerned that there's going to be another shoe that's going to drop that's going to cause 
you know, a bunch of, of, of dominoes to call into effect. Right. Everybody's miserable. Oh, right. Yeah. And right. so being able to live that part of your life stress-free, I think is also of immense value. Absolutely. Um, and that's the part that I was like, I remember when I got to the part where, you know, for me, it just felt like I was wearing like a weighted vest for a really long time. And, and the then came off. it came off. And that's when I felt like I got to that honeymoon phrase because you're like, okay, I don't feel like everything's so heavy and I can yes. breathe. Yes. And just yes, that levity. And I remember, right. I remember also just, again, just like you said, all of that relief. You have so much more energy. I remember during my honeymoon stage, just having like emotional energy I didn't have before and right. physical energy I didn't have before and adventure. Like I just was so excited to have adventure. I took myself um, on a trip shortly after my mm-hmm. divorce and I went to New York, which is my, New York is my soulmate. Do you have a city that's your soulmate, it. Shannon? Yeah. Uh, Austin, Texas. I still miss. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I've never been there, but I'm so glad. It's wonderful. I have no it's doubt. Wonderful. I have no doubt. So I was in New York City and I, I have a tradition when I go there, I walk the Brooklyn Bridge. And so I was okay. walking the Brooklyn Bridge and I wanted to hug everybody on the bridge. Like, aren't you so happy? Isn't life amazing? And I did not. I restrained myself. I was not out hugging. Yeah, I know, right? And they and they thank me too. Your euphoria. Oh, beyond. Yeah. yeah. But just that like feeling now that energy again and feeling so alive again. Just, it was incredible. I just loved that about my honeymoon stage, just having, you know, I felt like I was 20 years younger. And I felt like the, like when it first started to kick in, I had that, that feeling of like pride in myself. Like, I'm like, oh, I forgot what it felt like to be like enthusiastic that you were good at something, you know, because it, it, you know, I think when you're, when you're coupled, a lot of times you're, more a definition of how the couple does. Oh, absolutely. How you do yourself. And um, absolutely. So to be able to feel accomplished and, you know, just happy that I succeeded at a thing and not feel like I did something wrong because it was my thing that I really, I remember having the first time I'm like, oh my gosh, that feels amazing. I'm very proud of me. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong because I'm like, I'm a me. You know, I'm supposed to be a me, not a us. And so it's nice and I to be think, able to first and, say, oh, and, I'm a me again. And I'd be, be, be stereotyping a little bit here, but I think women especially, we aren't conditioned to be so proud of me, quote unquote. We're more conditioned to right. think about the other or if we're in a yeah. relationship to think about the us. But I, I don't think as women, we are really encouraged to be so proud of, quote, me. No, and I think we fall into that that role just slowly over time and it's part of the patriarchy that we like live in and I remember talking to my therapist you know uh before the 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 uh, divorce and after and I was definitely as you know as again as forward Shannon as I am I she go well what do you like and what's going on that's well and it was always a definition of well it was it was always through the filter of what's going on well for my kid or what's going on for my partner. And it was rarely, you know, like I, you know, I, I think it's interesting because people still ask me this now. They're like, well, what are your hobbies? And for the longest time, I didn't have any hobbies that were just my hobbies. I had them before I got married. And then slowly throughout the relationship, I just didn't have any me hobbies. So during and, your stage now, your honeymoon stage now, do you have some hobbies? 
Yes. Now I have all kinds of things that I do that are my things, you know, and that's fine. Like, and they're, and they're, and they're not even that noble. A lot of them. They're just like, <laughs> I play video games and <laughs> I've kind of always liked video games. And now I, and also now I play video games again. And, you know, and uh, you know, I, I pay attention to sports and I pay attention to these things that um, I can because they're trivial and they're good distractions. And then I'll go back to being involved in all the important stuff later. (laughs) And that part I appreciate as well, that I get to go, okay, well, what did you do? I just wasted time playing video games. Oh, I, I know. know that I should be out saving the universe, but no, I'm wasting time playing this video game. Well, it, that playfulness, it inspires you to do other creative projects. I mean, right. you're a very creative person, obviously. Did you have, or are you having any fun, if this is your honeymoon stage now, as you've described it, are you having any creative revelations? You know, I have like been able to recreate kind of the way that I look at my comedy and what I can do. Because I think that we have, especially in this, post-COVID world, it's been very difficult for a lot of live performers like myself. Incredibly. So so, it really is a game changer. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been actually like trying to figure out if and when you decide to go uh, all in on this virtual world has been a constant conversation between me and a bunch of my performer friends. And for me, I really was like, you know, I want to use my art to uh, provide funds to care for my son. Uh, And I want to use my art to make the lives of other people better. And so it changed the way that I write and the kind of projects that I super focus on and the kind of events that I choose to be a part of. And and that part has been very, very, very enlightening for me. But I had the time to think about it and the time to process it and to come up with that personal mission statement, which I hadn't really taken the time for myself before. And that's the thing is that now I get to practice taking care of me. And still, you know, my kid is my primary you know, responsibility. And, and don't get me wrong, I lose sleep all the time over taking care of my kid. I mean, he that I am very super mom focused as far as that goes. Well, sure. But, but you're creating space for yourself where you didn't right. do so before. And that exactly. is a wonderful gift that your you know, honeymoon stage is giving you. Right. And that you're and giving so yourself. Right. So I, I'm a creative person too. I think you learned that about me. But I will Mm -hmm. have to say the most creative thing that I did during my honeymoon stage was learning how to creatively stack first dates. I got really good at that, Shannon. (laughs) I did that for a minute. Um, Were you doing all the online dating? I was doing, I was doing a lot of online dating. I had a friend who challenged me shortly Mm -hmm. after my divorce to go on 20 first dates within a two month period. And so Mm -hmm. I had, you know, I had to get creative because I, I didn't have the time to do that without being creative. So I got really creative at stacking for estates. And, and I had, yeah. I had so much fun because the stakes were so low. I wasn't looking at, at dating to lead me to anything serious. I just wanted to explore what it was like to, to date again at, at this stage in life and to, to learn if I liked the same type of guy. And I've learned I, I, I like a very different type of guy. So I, I loved that playfulness where I could see that as an opportunity to learn something about myself and I wasn't attached to outcomes and the stakes, like I said, were just incredibly low. I also really got creative with how much I liked kissing guys again. Okay. Cause I kind of forgotten that okay. I had kind of forgotten how to kiss a guy. <laughs> And my honeymoon stage helped me remember how to do that and how much I liked it. I, I Well, I think 
is interesting about that. Like I, cause my time, like my schedule is bananas. And so I would go through phases where I would have a stack of dates. Like right. I would get, I would, I would, I would go through like my apps and I'd go through like Tinder or Bumble and I'd go through and I'd go, okay, these three people have kind of got back to me. That's okay. So I mean, they have to do lunch and happy hour on Thursday and then something on Friday. And so you would kind of like stack up that way and I'd do that. Um, what it taught me is I had to really, and I actively worked on this, and I think that this is something people wouldn't necessarily guess about me. I had to actively work on my imposter syndrome, and that was my primary focus over the last couple of years, was working on my imposter syndrome and my self-esteem, because my sister had phrased it really well after I had gotten out of this relationship, like the, the first boyfriend relationship I had after I got divorced. And it went awry for multiple reasons. Kind of that primary thing of you convince yourself it's a different person, but it's really the same person in a new package. And you just explain your, to yourself why it's different and it's not. Um, and so I extricated myself from that relationship a lot sooner than I would have in the past. And I was proud of myself for that. But yes. my sister's like, you should talk to your therapist again. I was like, why? And she goes, because you need to figure out why you always give these guys, as she put them, who are low-hanging fruit, why do you give them a shot? when you should just go, this isn't going to work, or you should do better, or you deserve better. Why do you give all these people a shot? And I'm like, well, go ahead and preach. And she said, do not condescend. Um, but I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> Is she a big sister or a little sister? Little sister. Oh, little interesting. Sister. The little sister. The little sister's life. giving it to you. Okay. That's yeah. Good. So my, and she's my middle sister. So she's extra like, um, let me help fix you. Um, so she, um, but she was right. And it, you know, that really made me look at well, what are you doing and why are you in this scenario and why are you like, you know, and, and, and have it turned back into, well, you're allowed to want certain things and they may be perfectly nice people, but that doesn't mean that you have to immediately, you know, wifey up with somebody else. Like, okay, yeah, we went on some dates and that's all cool, but that doesn't mean that we're, I don't need a boyfriend. Right, right. It, it doesn't have to be more than just a date or a couple of dates. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, for, for you know. me, I learned by doing. I don't know about you, but I'm a kinesthetic learner. And so right. for me, honestly, I received a lot of good practice opportunities by going on on so many dates during my honeymoon stage. And I have dated a little bit in the last you know, year or two. COVID has adjusted that titch. Right. <laughs> but I still can practice by just conversation. You don't have to be physically in front of someone. Video chatting. You can stack video chatting dates too. That's kind of fun. But Wait. Yeah. Have, you done the, have you done the full video chat where you like do the dinner where it's like they're supposed to? Send no, no, your no. I can't. My no. girlfriend's done that. She's kind of that, a fan. That is so funny. I, I I don't need to be eating on a video chat date. But but what I was saying is that for me, like having that space where the stakes were low, where I wasn't wanting any substance really. I mean, I was wanting levity and the ability right. to practice and, you know, to enjoy the creative kissing opportunities that I enjoyed, especially <laughs> in cities like New York and Chicago. So <laughs> I, like, I like kissing people too. I just am very particular. And so if I don't like talking to you, you're not. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, clearly. No, <laughs> I wasn't just like making out. Right. No, of course you have to have some type of chemistry and connection and fun. Absolutely. I feel like you had the chemistry a lot sooner than I did. Cause I'm like, eh. <laughs> I'm like, you know, but I but I do think that it was it was also a, a good experience for me. I like doing the online dating because it made me really get better about preemptively going. Well, you're what you want is just as important as what they want. So I remember Absolutely. that I would somebody's I look at somebody's profile and I'd go like I would talk 
them out of me and I don't even know them. Like I would see some guy's profile and I'm like, oh, it looks like he has a nicer house than I do. So I would swipe left. Like, okay. Like he's not going to want me because he's got more stuff. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. You're Miss Shannon Paul. Come on now. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying, Sadie. Like I should know that, but I had to practice and get to the point that I knew that because I'd go, oh, he looks like he's in better shape or he's this or like I would find all these reasons why they were too good for me, which were completely not true, nor do I know them. I don't know what their type is. Why am I picking myself apart? So I, I took a step back and really worked on my self-image and me going, why? Why do you think that? Like, oh, like first of all, he's a 45-year-old guy. He's supposed to have stuff. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> if he doesn't have stuff. You know, if he's living I- with his mom and he's sleeping on the couch. You know, let him let him own his house. He's earned it. Maybe that was maybe that was her nice house. That I don't know. That was his house. Maybe he took a picture of his friend's nice house. I have no idea. So me attributing all of these these things to these people. Don't give any. Don't don't give guys ideas, Shannon. Don't do that. (laughs) The idea of their taking a picture of their neighbor's house. Don't do that. Oh yeah, I'm sure they've done that because I have even weirder things. Because like again, oh that's so funny. I'm in some people's pictures in their pictures because you know how they'll take it with. Somebody right, else, right. You know, have I've had friends hit me up and go, "Hey, you're in this guy's profile." Oh, that is hilarious. He's like, "I'm and with Miss Shannon Paul. I'm important." Exactly, and I'm like, "I'm not Beyonce." <laughs> you know, you can't all. You know, oh, so you no think? Way. So you think? Clearly, he he uh, begs to differ. I, I, was. I was like, okay. I'm like, and then a bunch of people are like, "Why do you look that black lady? That's so weird." Um, so <laughs> I. <laughs> How do we know her? And um, so let's switch gears. Let's talk about. Something like a magical memory. I, again, mm-hmm. you, I know you're living your your honeymoon stage, and I know it's COVID nineteen, so that might be yeah. a stretch right now to have you <laughs> share a magical experience. But but I would love to hear it, and then I have a couple to share. But what what would okay. be a magical um, memory for you right now during your honeymoon? Anything? Any magic happening? I sure hope so. I I you know just before everything started shutting down, so at the beginning of this year. Like I did a lot more traveling than I had in forever. And I forgot how much I like traveling by myself. Mm, it's so fun. Um, can do whatever because when I, was, when I was super single, I was one of those people that would just go, okay, well, if my friends are available, cool. But if not, I would just go and wander around. And I would try to go places that were not, hey, I'm going to get kidnapped as a tourist, obviously. But I would go. Like I went to New York by myself. You know, I'd go, you know, I'd, I'd go to New York. I went out to L.A. again and, and wandered around. And, and I'm good at that. I know some people are, hey, I don't like to travel by myself and I, I don't have anybody to talk to. I have never had that problem. If I'm sitting at a bar and I decide that I want to get talked to by somebody and I'm not saying get you know, hit on, just I can tune up my aura of availability and somebody will start a conversation. I'll know all about their kids. I'll know all about the, if something happened, the, you know, the, the, my Lyft driver, somebody <laughs> will talk to me. Favorite color, favorite flavor, ice cream. It's all going to come out. It's all going to come out. Right. And so that part I really appreciate. And, you know, honestly, like. So the magic of travel, which we can't do right now, but in general. Yes, absolutely. And I honestly, this sounds goofy, but um, I am a collector of certain things. Okay. Um, So I like that I can, you know, go back to collecting these goofy things that I'm into and not feel like I'm wasting my money or somebody's looking at me funny because I'm filling our house. There's no judgment. Stuff. Exactly. Right. What would be, my can you share a goofy thing that you collect? Like the stuff that I, I have a sword collection legitimately. And like. As in fencing? Like, You're a fencer? No. Fence? I no. I don't use them very 
often. Okay. I, I, you know, I occasionally take them out of a, a scabbard and decide to, to, I have a couple of katanas with Jan, you know, a couple of like, you know, some of them are like, remakes of swords from like the Highlander movie or uh, Lord of the Rings. I have one of those. And so I just am fascinated by them and I enjoy them. And it's something that I've collected. And I started before I got married and took a big seven year break and then went back and, and slowly have added to my collection. So now I have 14, 14. Wow. Um, and you're not, you're not playing. All- you're in, you're in, you're all in. Oh, and it's a weird hobby to have in that they're not super cheap. So that's the other reason why I'm like, so you have to kind of be picky sometimes, you know, if you're going to spend a bunch of money on a thing that you just want to look at on a wall. Um, and but that's my thing. But and, it's like art in a way. It sounds like an art, a piece of art. I agree. You know, and, and so you're an art I, collector in a, in a unique way. Right. And it's, you know, and they're conversation pieces for me. And oh, they I'm run sure. Off the and, you know, if you're like, if you think I'm scary because I have the sword, then you are the wrong friend. Um, but, you know, that part, you know, I really like. And I'm really enjoying working on the projects I'm working on right now. I think I've always been a little bit of a workaholic. But that's because I, I'm interested in certain things and, and telling stories and, and, and learning about people. Well, you're a renaissance woman, of, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I would say yeah, that about I, you. No, I thank you. Thank you. And the jobs I have right now all kind of lean into that. So I'm really enjoying being able to do that. For me, during my honeymoon stage, the magic for me was actually doing nothing. It mm-hmm. was, Like the magic for me, because I too am very productive. I have like a monster to-do list every day. I'm, I'm right. go get them. You know, I'm a business owner as well. And so I've always had to be internally very motivated. But I gave myself a break from that during my honeymoon stage. I decided I, I get to just enjoy doing nothing. And so I mm-hmm. do new things like stare at the wall and, and it would be quiet and I would just breathe. And it was so good for me. It was so good for me because I never let myself do that before. And the fact that, like you said, I get to buy the swords. I get to do this type of trip. I got to do nothing. I got to just stare at the wall. It was (laughs) magical, honestly. And, or I'd go, I'd sit in my nook and I would Mm -hmm. eat clementines and I'd stare out the window and I'd listen to Lionel Richie. I just play, I know, right? (laughs) Penny lover all night long. I mean, I would just listen to some Lionel Richie. I'd, sometimes I'd journal about how I like to feel, but often mm-hmm. I would just stare out the window and listen to Lionel Richie and eat a Clementine. I, the best times in the nook doing that. Just feeling yeah, like I had that freedom to just breathe and be and and not have to worry about being so productive. And it was glorious, Shannon. It was, it was like some of the best of the best of the best times during my honeymoon stage. I appreciate what you're saying. And the, 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 my question, though, for you, Sadie, is that you're talking about all of those things in so past tense. So oh, like you, I'm not doing it anymore? Yeah. So how do we, like, if we use the terminology honeymoon, mm-hmm. how do I we... I still do that. I just don't do it as much, that, but I still do that. Like, does it have to... Like, do does does honeymoon phase? It does it have to be a finite quality? I love that you are bringing this up. It's such a delicious segue <laughs> because I th- because I think things ebb and flow. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't stay in that stage. I mean, I really let myself. I was at the I was on the path of least resistance. I was just going to do what was easy and breezy. I wasn't going to overthink things. I was just going to be. And 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 for me, with as a being a business owner, you can only do that. You know, like I. I really just, I didn't push myself. I didn't set a million goals. I just enjoyed the moment. I loved, I was in love with the moment. 
And, and right. so that, that's an ebb and flow. But I will say my honeymoon stage taught me how much I like doing things like that. <laughs> Staring out the window and journaling and listening to Lionel Richie and not having to be so hyper productive all the time. So it was such a gift to me to learn that about myself. Like, wow, I can actually do nothing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Who knew? So <laughs> I think it's a fantastic transition because it, it, you know, when we talk about that honeymoon stage, I think it's because everything is a pendulum. So you have, you might have that very like low, low right after you get divorced, and then you'll swing up and you hit that, you know, what I think you and I are both, you know, discussing today, that honeymoon stage where you're like everything is amazing. Right. 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 And there for a while, but it's not sustainable. Correct. Everything is amazing. Correct. Just like a stage in a romantic relationship. Exactly. But it can go back to that. Correct. Yes. Yes. The day-to-day, does the day-to-day look like? And so I think I... You know, if I if I if I had to create what I think would be the 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 on ramp and off ramp of that honeymoon stage, I would think that for me it started at about year three, and then year three was that that year where I was like, okay, I I get it, I'm going in the right direction, I feel where everything is, and I'm just you know just spending all my time crushing it, and then I you know about a year, and then it was okay, and now I'm into the the maintenance phase, we'll call it the maintenance phase sure, sure, of the sure. whole thing. Sure, I'm going. Well, what parts of that euphoria did I need right then? Like you needed that, you know, I needed to feel, you know, like things felt so depleted for so long that I needed to feel that and allow that well to be filled back in. And now that it's full, I can go, okay, what's the next, what are these, what are, what are these things where I'm going to maintain and water and keep? And cause I tried a lot of things for a while. They're like, maybe I want to go back to playing sports. Maybe I want to, you know, I, I, I tried to dabble back into some things I liked, you know, like 20 year ago, single Shannon liked and see if that's what it was. Cause I wasn't sure what I was still into. And some of those fit and some of them didn't, you know, I was like, you, I was doing all the things I was trying to go on all the dates. And then when you're just filling your time with so much stuff, what are the things that you really want to keep? And now I think I'm in that phase more where it's like, okay, well now I, you know, I, I dabbled here and I, I, I tried that and I poked around over here and, 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 and that was all great. And it was, as you said, the word that you've been using a lot today, it, it was all delicious. And, but now I've just gone through and went, okay, now what was truly delicious and what was filler? Right. What's going to stay what? and what's going to just be part of that season of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think also, you know, during this last year of COVID, I've had a, a lot of loss for different reasons. And, you know, so this, this year has been more of a, a grief year for me, but I am mm-hmm. so grateful and happy that I had my honeymoon stage because, and again, like I ebb and flow back into certain pieces of that COVID makes it a little more challenging, but I'm so grateful and happy that I had that season to do those things, to be, to, to just relax and, and get right. that energy back and not feeling like I had to hyper produce. And, and I know that my honeymoon stage is coming back to me. I mean, I can feel that again because I've, it's like you said, the pendulum, you know, we we have to right. just be where we are and not force it. Mm-hmm. And I allowed myself for the first time in my life to really, really, really do that for myself. And it was, right. it was the best thing I could have done. So I'm I, really happy that I did a lot of the mental homework that I did a couple of years ago, because I think that it helped me pivot into where we are right now. Cause I had my super down days. Don't get me wrong. Oh, we all but have after I, divorce, I for kind sure. of worked on, you know, I had kind of worked on some of these, mental stockpiles when I was in that phase. So it gave me 
that bright light to not feel like every moment of everything we're dealing with right now is so dire and to be able to have some resources. Some perspective. Mentally, well, here's how I'm going to navigate where we are right now. And I think, you know, for people who are listening, what I appreciate about our different experiences is that your honeymoon stage doesn't, it doesn't come at a certain time. It comes when it comes, it comes when you're ready for it. And Mm -hmm. so if you're, if you're listening right now and you're experiencing your honeymoon stage, Shannon and I say bask and enjoy and eat it up and, and soak it in, soak all of it in, soak it in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you've earned it. You just went through something so exhausting, like just right. eat here's up the a, stage. A here's the thing that I think is we want to remind people, though, too, is that um, it's difficult to find the right support systems. I'm glad you're doing this podcast. It's difficult to find the right support systems when you're going through a divorce. Like there are more resources out there if your if your um, spouse or loved one and partner dies for you um, than there are for you going through a divorce. Uh, it could just be a very isolating time, a very questioning time, you know, all these things that you're dealing with. So being able to listen to something like that and know that you are part of a community, I think is very good. And for quite a, go, okay. a large community. <laughs> when you mm-hmm. look at the very. numbers of how many people are like divorced, now you're, in, like you're in good company. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and again, it's just really important for me also to say, and I know that you've shared this as well, that again, if you're not there yet, it doesn't mean it's not going to come for you. If, if you're right. in the midst of a divorce, or you're just getting out of divorce, or you've been grieving since your divorce, it doesn't mean that your honeymoon, it doesn't mean you missed it. <laughs> you know, your honeymoon right. stage, it is on its way. It is, it's coming to you. It's coming to you. Agreed. I want to thank you, Shannon. I know time is running out here and I could talk to you for for another hour minimally, but I want to thank you so much for being part of this show today and, and sharing your honeymoon stage and its deliciousness and and all of your fun stories. It's been such a treat for me. And how can the listeners find you? Where can they go to find you? The easiest way to find me, you can go to my website. It's Miss Shannon, Shannon with an A. I always have to remember that. And all my social media is really uh, easy to find because I'm Miss Shannon, M-I-S-S-S-H-A-N-N-A-N all over your interwebs. So you just throw that in the Google, find Shannon with an throw A. Throw that in the Google, just toss it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Right. I loved sharing laughs and swapping stories with comedian Miss Shannon Paul today. We also want to hear your stories. How are you romancing yourself during your honeymoon stage post-divorce? Please leave your comments below or on our Facebook page at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Please also be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can also learn more about the podcast at divorcedandhappy.net. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I'm so excited to connect with you soon on the next podcast episode. Until then, you take good care.